You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by BatmanOnFilm.com. Just go to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com for a whole list of other nerdy shows that cover all sorts of topics that we love to frolic about in our free time. And make sure to visit it because there have been a few recent additions, some new shows for you to check out. Very entertaining. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 47, Batman white knight and joining me on this adventure into this the murphy verse is a fellow who has been on the show before we talked a little gates of gotham he is mr eric carter eric welcome back to the show oh thanks for having me man it's yeah it gates of gotham feels like it was forever ago uh but it, it, that was a lot of fun and i think this one's gonna be a lot of fun too it is and yeah that's really funny because i think that gates of gotham Oh, it was maybe we recorded in August, released in September, something like that. And in the COVID times, my God, <laughs> like four months feels like four years. <laughs> yeah, you know, it does. I Because I actually thought it was longer ago than that. But, but yeah, I was already in Colorado. So yeah, that's right. Man, it, you just lose a sense of time when <laughs> through all this COVID stuff. It's, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. Now you've been on the show before, so you have revealed your favorite Batman story. Go back and listen to that episode to find out what that is. So I will ask you, aside from what we're about to talk about, what are some, what's some Batman that you've been reading lately? So, um, I made the switch to digital. (gasps) Uh, Peter Vera, don't listen. Peter Vera, don't listen. Yeah. (laughs) Don't, don't crucify me. Um, I made the switch to digital as my New Year's rev, uh, resolution. Um, so I'm kind of I've taken a break on on the current titles. So I haven't I've I've read none of Future State yet. Okay. Uh, I'm waiting for the DC Universe Infinite six month window, and I'm gonna catch up on all that. Um, so I've been diving into stuff on my shelves that I've, I've never read before. And it's not, um, it's not Batman, but I just recently finished the Jeff Johns Aquaman omnibus, Ooh, which nice. is fantastic. I had never read that before I got it for Christmas. So I just blew through that. It was great. And currently I'm reading um, my absolute justice league world's greatest superheroes by Paul Dini and Alex Ross. So yeah, that's, I'm loving that right now. Just finished the Shazam story. Um, and it's, it's kind of a gut punch. So. Well done. So I've got some comments. First off, let's go to that Aquaman omnibus. And I think in, I, uh, yet again, I'm going to pull, uh, mention Peter Vera. I'm going to pull a Peter here in Ivan Reese or Reyes. He's one of the artists, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause yes. I, I read Oh man, I don't know. Probably like the first three arcs, maybe four, of of that run, and I loved it. I don't know why I didn't continue. Um, I guess I just got off the Aquaman 
uh, train and got sucked back into Batman or something. But I really liked uh, what I was reading in that Aquaman run. And I remember when New 52 had launched and that was a book that was constantly referenced of like, dude, Aquaman, read Aquaman, read Aquaman. Well, yeah, because so many people, I know you've probably heard it before. Oh, the only good book in the New 52 is Batman. That is not true. There is a lot of good stuff in the New 52. I finally just recently finished the Justice League run, and I thought that that was actually pretty pretty damn good throughout. One of the first things I read when DC Universe came out, I read um, the New 52 All-Star Western. Ooh. It was fantastic. Wow. And I had, I had never really been interested in Jonah Hex before, but that got me – I went down a, a Jonah Hex rabbit hole with that. <laughs> so, yeah, the New 52 had a lot of good stuff. Uh, and, and then to comment on the world's greatest superheroes, <sighs> absolute. You put that – I think you uh, posted a picture of that on your Twitter feed, and I commented, and it was – it that was a gut punch because I've ordered that uh, two <laughs> months ago uh, from InStockTrades.com, and they have just been slammed by, you know, pandemic and then the the winter blasts we've been having and such. And um, and that has been waiting. It's just waiting. And because uh, I broke my rule. My rule is that I, I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do absolutes unless it's Batman because otherwise I'll get out of control. I need to put my foot down. And so I have Watchmen and then I have Batman absolutes. And then I just couldn't help it with that book because the art from Alex Ross is just so, oh, it's so good. So good. And then, yeah, you posted that. And I'm like, you're too good, Eric. <laughs> well, well, I would have been in the same boat as you because that's, I was going to order it from in-stock trades. Mm-hmm. But I ended up getting quite a few Amazon gift cards for Christmas. So I bought it from Amazon instead. Mm. And it came within like two days. Yeah. Ugh. So unfortunately yeah i I think i told you on twitter uh there the the um where their warehouse is in stock Mm -hmm. trades is in tennessee is very close to where my wife's from and they have just been ravaged with not only covid but now extreme winter weather so Mm -hmm. yeah they're all backed up i feel i feel sorry for them yeah i mean poor the poor people well i'd post i'd had other books included in that order and when I kept checking my, my order, it would say, you know, that those books are ready. It's still waiting for this one. And I think they were, mm. they were just like, we need to send this out to him and which they did. And they sent also in the invoice of like, we will send this to you as soon as we can. Or if you'd like a refund, that's totally fine. We'll ship the book when it's available. No, you know, they're not going to charge me for shipping, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I understand. It's okay. It's okay. But hurry up. <laughs> Eric's yeah. making his way through it. Okay. But, um, <laughs> But today, today, my good sir, you have chosen a contemporary classic, maybe, in Sean Murphy's Batman White Knight. It was released in 2017 and 2018. It was eight issues. Then it was collected in a trade paperback, released in a hardcover, released in a deluxe hardcover. The issues are available digitally, and it is on DC Universe Infinite. Eric, for this episode, which version of this book did you read? I read the deluxe edition. You have the deluxe. I do. It's a lucky man. <laughs> you don't. You don't have. I thought you had this one. I don't because I bought the trade as soon as it came out. Because see, I 
I bought each issue, physical issue, mm-hmm. uh, when it came out as well. And I was like, I don't want to dig these out of the long box. Uh, according to Sean Murphy, I miss him on his Twitter feed because he had so many cool uh, updates on and behind the scenes looks on everything. And he just like, he was no BS. He just kind of said, said it like it is. And he was, he kept kind of saying that he was seeing his issues like these first printing issues going for a good buck on eBay. And I'm like, well, I need to stop pulling them out of the bag and board and reading them then. And so the trade mm. came out and I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy the trade and that'll be my copy that I read. And then came the hardcover and I'm like, I don't need the double dip. I know me saying that. And then they did the deluxe edition. I'm like, I don't need to double dip. Cause I mean, <laughs> absolutes coming right. And still no word on an absolute. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. And now the deluxe is expensive and it's kind of out of print. Yeah. Well, I upgraded from the trade. I had the trade. Mm. And then when the deluxe came out, I just love this story so much. I decided yeah. to upgrade. Um, that, the problem with that is I then bought the hardcover of Curse of the White Knight. Yeah. And now I know when a deluxe edition comes out of that, I'm going to have to upgrade again. Cause <laughs> it's it, going to look weird. Just, <laughs> they don't look right sitting next to each other. Yeah. And I mean, that's another thing too, that I'm like, Oh damn me. Cause I pulled the trigger on curse of the white knight and I ordered the hardcover. Cause I'm like, I, I understand my fault in not getting the hardcover of white knight. And now I realize when I have them on the shelf, I've got a trade sitting next to a hardcover. And so then I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that does, that doesn't look right. I can't do that. So, but then like to find the normal sized hardcover of that is also a little expensive. And I'm just like, damn, I mean, for our nerd problems, am I right? Well, you know what they're going to do? They're going to wait until the third volume comes out and then they're going to do like a, like a white knight omnibus. Well, I'm, I'm going to buy that too. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I mean, we'll get into this, but yeah, I'm sucked into the, the white knight. Uh, world the murphy verse i guess is what mm-hmm. everybody's murphy verse so when was the first time that you read this story okay so um i didn't even know it was a thing <gasps> when the like yeah when it was coming out in in single issues i didn't even know about it mm-hmm. um at the time i was living in an area where i didn't have a comic shop okay so the city I worked in had a comic shop, but I didn't live there. So I, I wouldn't drive into town just to go to the comic shops. At the time, I was just getting my Batman and Detective uh, books through the mail. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, snail mail. <laughs> I was getting them like five or six days after they released and things like that. But uh, so I didn't even know this was I didn't even know this existed. And. I was at work. We were getting ready to do a shift change. One of the guys at the fire station that, um, that I was friendly with that, that was also comic nerd. He said, Hey man, have you read white Knight?" And I didn't even know what it was. And he was like, Oh, you have to read it. So the next shift, he brought me the first two issues Mm. and I at work um, after all of our stuff was done or whatever that night I was, uh, I was sitting there. I read the first two issues. I loved them, gave them back to him. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. And then I completely forgot about it. (laughs) (laughs) Months later, months later at Barnes and Noble, I saw the trade and I was like, holy crap. I completely forgot about that book. So I bought it instantly, took it home, blew through it and just absolutely loved it. 
It's, yeah. it, it, it quickly became one of my favorites. It was something I was really looking forward to because I get, I get sucked into uh, mini, like Batman miniseries or series that are off of the, the main titles of Batman and Detective Comics. Uh, especially mm-hmm. ones that's that you know this is a six part series or an eight part series because then I'm like oh it's not ongoing so because I have an issue of buying single issues of the Batman and Detective runs because I'm like these are ongoing and I know it's just going to be like uh similar to how you just said about with with digital of spacing especially like you know I was in Chicago space is a problem there that it's like oh i like physical copies of things but to do single issues can be just it can be a pain in the butt but this Mm -hmm. was like this is eight issues that's not bad i can do this and then just the more that was being released from sean murphy as he was hyping up for this i'm like okay this could be kind of cool let's see how this is and then that first issue came out and i read it because i was uh able to review the series on batman on film and we get digital review copies early so mm-hmm. a week before they're released, we get them so that we can read them and write reviews for the day of release and stuff like that. And I remember reading it and I flew through it and I go, man, that kind of knocked me on my ass. This is awesome. And I think I read it like three times total before the review. And then on uh, comic book, new comic book day, I was there getting my, getting the issue and then reading it again. I, I loved it from the get go. And so before we start gushing too much, uh, what was it about this book that made you choose this one when i said eric would you like to return and you hesitated you're like you know i don't know ryan prove yourself to me (laughs) and then eventually you got around you're like i'll do you know what for some charity i'll come back why did you choose white knight so there's a myriad of things i mean (laughs) i i love the i love the attention to batman history Mm -hmm. that sean murphy just dives into in in his stories um, I love the art style, which I actually had to grow into because when when I read those first two issues, like I was telling you, um, I liked the story, but I was like, I don't know about this art. Um, and then I read American Vampire, mm-hmm. which is a Scott Snyder book. Um, and there's parts of the run where Murphy comes in and he does art for it. And I really latched onto his art there. And then when I read this book again in trade, I, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm over that. I really love this. So uh, <laughs> yeah, between just the, the mythology that, that Sean Murphy pays attention to um, and the, the art style and also the directions he goes in the story, mm-hmm. I, I think it's just bold. Uh, there's there's a lot of really uh, touchy subjects that he broaches, and I was like, man, that's that's a cool story. That's one I really want to talk talk to Ryan about. Very cool. Um, I'll allow it. That <laughs> I, so aside from reasons that I just um, explained, I think leading up to this, yeah, I'd been an American Vampire reader, and I was loving the style. Um, that Murphy had there, but then I'd also read his book, Punk Rock Jesus. And you talk about for this book, he approaches some issues. Whoa. Take a glimpse into Punk Rock Jesus. He is, he unabashedly like approaches very like hot topics 
Um, but it's a really, it's kind of, it's really a fascinating story. And to just see, and he was a writer, the writer and artist for that book as well. And the book that I'd read was a, like a deluxe uh, version that half the book was just like, uh, it was a lot of insight from him. It was extras and I love extras. Um, and so I, I kind of, I'm not gonna say I got into the mind, but it was able to read his, you know, what he was thinking behind, you know, each, each story point that he made and each character design. And that just got me even more excited about like, man, this guy, he's, he's really good because you'll hear artists talk about uh, like the comic book companies, you know, if an artist wants to write, they're kind of like, Oh boy, here we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's almost like a hesitation there, but, but Murphy, he already had the art to back himself up, but he has a, a really cool he does the art for a, a bat batman scarecrow year one i don't know if you've ever read those it's just two issues they are on dc universe um and he's the artist on that and it's it's really cool and then the stuff we just mentioned but like writing duties that that was interesting to me and so yeah i think he hit, he really hit the ground running with the first issue and it did so well that i remember also this was initially a seven part series. And because the first issue was like gangbusters, they, they added another, another issue so that he could flesh out the story uh, even mm-hmm. more. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty telling also. And I don't think they DC has looked back since. <laughs> no, no, he's uh, <laughs> he's got his own, his own little world in the, in the corner of DC now. Absolutely. So we can kind of just, I think this is definitely, man, probably the past, the past decade in, in Batman comics, I think that there's been like three stories of like Batman stories that have been, I don't like, they can go into discussions of top 10 greatest Batman stories of all time. And I think that is Court of Owls, White Knight and Three Jokers. I think those, those three stories for, a variety of reasons just they really clicked with with comic fans and even i'd even say like not even the diehard comic book readers and so it's always interesting to see what is it about this book this one right now um especially because we're talking about it now like what is it about this book that just struck the right note you know and Mm -hmm. i well go ahead i i think i think part of that is it's very timely Mm-hmm. because it, you have which which makes me wonder how it's going to age yeah um because there's there's a lot of uh social media things in it mm-hmm. um which which is the part that i think is will that age in and out you know with the phones and things like that um but then you know you have the political discourse uh police corruption racial tension it's very timely mm-hmm I mean, even back in 2017, we were starting to to see the, you know, the beginnings of of things like that. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's partially why it's it's just blown up like it has because it's it's relatable. Mm-hmm. I think having it be a a self contained story to where mm-hmm. you don't have to have read uh, up to detective comics 1030 to understand what's going on or batman 1005 to know what's going on it's like you can i have you know what? i haven't read comics in 
uh, six years. It's like, that's fine. Start here, read this. And the, so to touch on a few things that could possibly date it. So yes, you, you say the technology, I think he approaches the technology in a way that also kind of makes it a little uh, timeless as well, because some, some pieces like the, some technology that's like in the Batmobiles, it seems like, Oh, that, like that seems like an old monitor, you know, like maybe from mm-hmm. the nineties. And then, I mean, there's just uh, Batman 89 influence sprinkled all over this uh, Batman, the animated series sprinkled all over it in which both mm-hmm. of those, both of those worlds are also mostly timeless. Uh, but then Murphy had said that he, <laughs> well, I, except for Prince, but except, yeah, <laughs> Prince that might date it. That might, I mean, we'll see. We can debate that uh, at another time, but <laughs> Murphy said, I think a little here, but definitely in curse of the white knight that Castlevania was an influence. And I think from the opening page that screams a blend almost of Tim Burton's Gothic setting and a little bit of Castlevania. And I think that was that might have been like one of the first images released is that Batmobile pulling up to that Arkham Asylum on a hill. And I just I adore that page. I think that is that's awesome. And I'm not skipping to the end. That is not my favorite panel of this whole book. So that's why we can talk about it now. But that can create a whole a whole story around it of when you when you just see that image. And I just I, oh man. Let's just talk about that. So, so on that image alone, Eric, let's break it down. What do you think Sean Murphy was meaning by the gates being? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, it, it, that that image gives me vibes of the of the uh, opening of the Arkham Asylum video game. Oh, nice. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, because I mean, and it's two characters that are <laughs> very much focused in in the beginning of that game. Yeah. And that's really, yeah, that's, that's nice. Okay. Well, I'm going to go play Arkham. <laughs> so I really like to the, the little bit of a twist of this can be overused, but this can also be done really well in we get a tease and then we backtrack and we know we've got to catch up to this moment in time and it's just going to take mm-hmm. a while. And here, what a great twist in, Oh, you think it's Batman visiting arkham and then oh nope it's joker but he's mr napier what visiting batman who's uh you know who's chained up in arkham asylum and it's like what and then it says one year uh, like a year ago and we flash back and i mean that's a great tease in itself of like okay there's a lot to just to unpack here but it's like yeah we'll get there in six months because this was released you know once a month um that that was killer so you well no you got the two first two issues from a friend i was gonna say you got to read it all in in one trade but no you had to wait a little bit too but you forgot about it so apparently (laughs) it didn't (laughs) you didn't care hey life got in the way ryan life got in the way there was more important issues than reading a comic (laughs) book i get you know what there wasn't for me eric okay (laughs) well most of the time there isn't for me (laughs) So let's just, uh, I mean, take it away. What's like, what's something you'd like to, to bring up first? Maybe like what, what's really connected with you 
uh, from the get-go with the story? Uh, so it was that switch. It was that, you know, it, it kind of the, um, okay, we're going to start here, like you said, and then we're going to have to build back to this. Mm-hmm. So, so that he, he hooks you right there uh, because you want to know, well, how, how has this situation happened? Mm-hmm. And then going into the, you know, the next page where it goes one year back, I was really, um, I was really drawn by the Joker's aesthetic here. Okay. So, the, <laughs> you know, you, you're used to seeing Joker in, in, you know, the long tails and the tie and, yeah. uh, you know, the cane and the top hat and all the, or the, you know, the, the fedora. Uh, but here you see him and he's like, He's got suspenders and a tattered Batman t-shirt and he just, he looks like a kid. Mm-hmm. He just looks like he's having a blast. And it's just, I, I don't know. I was, I was drawn in from, from the opening pages of, of issue one. Well, and he's like riding the most powerful skateboard of all time, or I guess in how he jumps that bridge over the ferry on a little well, board. <laughs> like, well, is it, is well it, done. is it a, isn't it a hoverboard? I, I'd almost, I mean, yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's not a skateboard. No, it's, I mean, yeah. Let me see one of those suckers um, in the years to come, but yeah, that's a, that's a cool, it is a cool opening and even cooler that we're getting Bruce, Dick and Babs. You know, they're all in pursuit. And the the original three, that's just like, I love stories of the original three. And though this here is uh, Nightwing Dick Grayson, that's still fine with me because it's still Dick Grayson. I, I really like like that trio uh, suited mm-hmm. up in pursuit, whatever story that it is. I just, I like the three of them. And I mean, this whole, the whole point of this, of this opening scene is to get, Batman and Joker into this warehouse with these pills. And that's, that's the inciting incident. And I I really like where the story goes of like it, this, this moment bookends is the bookends of, of this story. And you find out in issue eight, uh, the importance and the, the plan all along for Mm -hmm. this incident in the warehouse. And I think that that's just something that's really well done in connecting everything and not wasting, not wasting pages or dragging on the story, but Murphy, everything that he's doing in drawing and like story points, they, it matters here. Nothing's wasted. And it's also just a unique idea too, that it, it, Joker is like he's in Joker and Jack Napier are fighting inside this physical body mm-hmm. well and not only that but he set he sets the seeds early throughout this chase to the warehouse that um something's going on with batman mm-hmm. and he's you know he's a little different and he, and you know right from the beginning um batgirl and nightwing are noticing you know something something's wrong he's He's a little more out of control. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's endangering more than he normally does. Mm-hmm. I, I just love, like you said, Murphy, right from the beginning, he's setting the, the plot threads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that image definitely, 
of Batman, he's over Joker and they're both bloody and Joker's head is just back. Like, you know, he's done. And Mm -hmm. we know Batman as a character, Batman, he's when the, the criminal gets to that point, he's done. And Batman's not done here. Like he takes it even further in, you know, just jamming those pills into Joker's mouth and, and shit. And it's like, well, that's, he's a little unhinged here. This is, this is not going to uh, go well. And then you see that even through the faces of his allies of Gordon Bullock and, and Barbara of like, this isn't, this isn't good. And then, I mean, that bottom page, we, I mean, we see somebody's recording it. And then, I mean, that bottom page, you knew that that was Harley, right? Uh, yeah, I had a feeling okay. from the first I, time I read it. Yeah. There's just, it's like, okay, the colors that's, that's Harley. How's it? I mean, mm-hmm. I huh? Huh? Um, <laughs> well, there's a twist of that too. So there, there is, and that's just like a perfect, let's just go right into that. Oh, Neo Joker, a new character created by Mr. Sean Murphy for the story. And that speaking of, like two personalities in one body well here we've got one character in harley quinn but actually it's two different people that have been harley quinn Mm -hmm. that's also a bold uh a bold story to play with mr murphy yeah it is and and it makes me wonder uh he was he was do you think that he's not crazy about the the modern interpretation of harley that Murphy? Yeah. Um, are you talking about like the, basically like the Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connors, the Harley that kind of has been seen in like Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey? Yeah. Yeah, I'd think so. It, it, it's, I, that's the way I felt reading it. It feels like, you know, I miss the Paul Dini, Bruce Tim Harley. You know, that's that's the vibe I got from from this, you know, yeah. um, this this Harley that we're seeing now, we're going to make her something else. But I'm going back to to the original, you know, mm-hmm. BTAS Harley. And I that's I mean, that's my favorite Harley. And I know that mm-hmm. like now I think they're trying to deviate away from that because that the initial version of Harley was I mean, it was almost like a man beating down a woman. Uh, yeah, but, but that Harley, I mean, they took it to the line there in the animated series, but then like her great moments were the times that she would flip out on the Joker. And I just think that was a very interesting and twisted relationship. But then also Murphy now, especially in the recent Harley Quinn spinoff series, there's this using Harley in a different way of assisting uh, GCPD. And I think mm-hmm. I, I think I like that more than the uh, the Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti version because that that's a little more interesting to me too. Of she's you know she's using her her background and her skills as a psychologist to help solve murders. And the the current Black Label series Joker Harley Criminal Sanity like great book. This, yeah, the same thing there too. And I really like. I think I if the character's going to evolve, I, I like that route. And so mm. that is, I mean, that kind of, that's where she's going. It's not where, when Harley's introduced here, 
that's not how she is, but we're going to get there. And so I really like the first Harley that um, he introduces us to. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the Harley that's not having his shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not. But <laughs> um, I've said shit a few times already. <laughs> shit, 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 shit. <laughs> um, yeah, that that she's she's not having this reformed Joker that's yeah gone gone sane, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she's she's like, no, you put on the freaking makeup, you you be who you are. Yeah, and her her name Marion Drews, and I don't mm-hmm. know what caused me to look that up if it was if it was Murphy given a clue, but actually. Mary Andrew is an actual like term in which it means a person who entertains others by means of comic antics, also known as like a clown. And I'm like, well, that's just like having fun with words. And he made Mary Andrew into Mary Andrews, Marion Drew, or so, you know, it's just a play with words that it, I mean, it's look at the detective skills on Ryan. It's the only thing that I'm like, Hey, guess what? I know what this name means. You know, just (laughs) go to Google. Uh, but I can't even take credit for it because he might have been, and that's why I'm saying I was like, oh, I miss him on Twitter because he had like these were just like the snippets throughout all of White Knight that he would just drop, um, and I just thought that like, that was kind of fun. But I know I would get lost in my thinking of like, wait, hold on, how are there two Harleys again? And the most, the best way to, uh, aside from aesthetics and how they look, you know, they're outfits and stuff like that it's how can you distinguish the the differences and harley says get it straight sister you love joker i love jack you loved his flaws i love him despite his flaws like that's Mm -hmm. that's the difference of the two and i love how murphy he revisits uh neo joker in her kind of like her origins and basically like she was at the lowest point of slicing her arm and just kind of like seeing how many customers she's at a bank working at a bank how many customers will come come in until she bleeds out or something like that she was at a low point and joker came in and kind of he was to her he was almost very accepting of like hey join me and she just, that's what she connected with him. Of like the Joker was wild, made her feel alive and not this Jack Napier, I'm suit and time, all business. That's like, that's not who you are. And the old Harley is like, I loved him even though he effed up and did, would do this and this and this because I knew Jack Napier was inside all along. And I like that approach. I like that, that fight over, it's not two crazy people going after a crazy person. It's like, there's something there, you know? Yeah. And, and what you were talking about with that backstory uh, for, for Neo Joker, it, it makes me think of the, uh, the line from the dark Knight, and I'm paraphrasing cause I can't remember it exactly, but you know, that's the kind of mind that the Joker attracts. Mm-hmm. You got it. You nailed it. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, cause that's, ex- <laughs> that's, that's so good there because that, you know, she is the kind of person that in that, in that place, Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's drawn to someone who seems like uh, they have a you know they have this madness under control, and she wants some of that too. Mm-hmm. The yeah, kind of yeah. mind mind that the Joker attracts, but also Batman is the kind of symbol and person that attracts the Joker because this is also 
capitalizing on the relationship of these two characters that, Mm -hmm. you know, the Joker has been around one year less than Batman and they really, Batman lore really struck this chord of, you know, Joker needs Batman. Joker wouldn't kill Batman because then he has nothing to look forward to or do. And that's so true. And I think a story can be really strong when they use that. And I think this, this story really shows that too. And how Harley, Harley sees that. And I think that's kind of like an interesting part. in I think it might be chapter two where she sees how much like Joker needs Batman and Joker has this whole like shrine that he (laughs) Harley is keeping her mask and makeup and a bra on nothing else. And Joker leaves her in bed so that he can go into his Batman shrine. You know, like I think that's a, a really, it's a, it sounds weird to say that's a cool page because this woman's almost naked, but like, I mean, it says a lot. If you don't have any words or context, you see Batman's worshiping the Joker. I'm sorry, Joker's worshiping Batman, and that's more important to him than this relationship with Harley. Mm -hmm. And he's tortured over it. Yeah. I mean, you can tell from the image. It tells tells a story in just the one image. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's that's almost like a strength in all of – like, God, Murphy, he was just – fantastic in in doing this story because there's i've already referred to the very opening page then there's uh this page of joker at his batman shrine and then earlier of joker in like a jail cell that has nothing but batman the animated series and batman 89 um yeah memorabilia there you go all over and that page is like that tells a story also in which to go to, to that page is freaking something else. I don't know if you're flipped there now, but I mean, you could just look at this and it's, it's always fun when I go back to this book and I get to this page mm-hmm. because to just spot the, you know, the Batman, the animated series poster on the wall, the 89 Batwing that's hanging from the ceiling, the uh, Jack Nicholson long gun, joker like hanging from the ceiling i guess the uh 89 joker batman face to face uh picture that's on the wall and then on the floor i mean you've got the 89 batmobile the bvs batmobile the tumbler the 60s batman like god this is what a fun page every time i look at that page i see something that i haven't noticed before uh perhaps one of the best is the 60s water pistol batman that's on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, with the with the uh, with the water plug in his in his butt area. <laughs> the plug in his butt and like the trigger right in his crotch. I mean, if you haven't seen the real a real picture of this, just just look up Batman water pistol on Google. It'll be one of the if not the first thing that pops up, and it's kind of like, yeah, who is <laughs> probably <laughs> the creepiest Batman toy ever made. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I mean, that that just goes, you can look at this page and just be like, oh, this is just where Murphy really wanted to just have fun and draw things that he loved with Batman. But it's like, no, this also informs the story. It informs yeah. the story. And it's great. It, it absolutely does because it shows the, the obsessive nature of the Joker, mm-hmm. uh, specifically towards Batman. Yeah. 
So it's only, that, go ahead. Sorry. And that, you know, that's, that's the driving force behind everything he does. And that's what Harley is so frustrated with. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's jump into our, our favorite Butler, Mr. Alfred Pennyworth. Oh man. So the great thing <laughs> I always say, it's so great. Our favorite stories are when our heroes get shit on. Mm. Uh, because, which it sounds bad, but it's like, this story's really good, but it's like, okay, but it's, it's, our, it's our character, it's Batman, and look at all the crap that happens to him in this book. And one of the biggest is the Alfred part, and it's strength in telling a, a story that is not included in the, the monthly books. You know, it's, his, it's Sean Murphy's own story he wants to tell, is that he can do kind of whatever he wants, including what he does with Alfred here. And that Alfred, I think they even, he even writes his, uh, McGregor's disease. Yeah, which is it's a little different, but it's a yes. reference to McGregor syndrome in Batman and Robin. Yes. And Bruce is working with uh, Mr. Freeze, because Nora Freeze has McGregor's. Yep. So that's all that is familiar in the sense of like we, us as uh, Batman fans understand that story. And Freeze is always trying to find a cure so that he can get his wife out of being, you know, cryogenically frozen. And the, Bruce needs Freeze to crack this code so that he can give it to Alfred to cure him. So that that makes sense, but it's like that's not the only use for Mr. Freeze in this story, in which we'll get to him. But it, what's really touching here, even though Alfred doesn't really get much like screen time, he's he's in a bed, he's dying, but we see Bruce and like Barbara working with uh, Freeze trying to crack this code on a on a cure. And Bruce has, or Batman per se, has, you know, a, a night of hell, comes back bleeding and passes out next to Alfred's bed. Mm-hmm. In which, by the time that he wakes up, Alfred's dead, but Alfred gave him his blood. Yep. It's a goner. <laughs> oh my uh, God, it, Alfred! It's, man, it's, it, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to <laughs> say this. Do it. Uh, to me, this is so much more impactful than the than the Tom King Alfred death. Okay, uh, I, I wouldn't disagree with you, and I I I love the Tom King run. I think definitely like this one is more of a gut punch. Yeah, it, it, and and maybe that's why maybe that's why the Tom King one didn't have the same effect on me is because I had read this story and got such an impact out of this one. Uh-huh. But yeah, I just the just the fact that. Alfred loves Bruce so much that even, even in the end, he did everything he could for him. Yep. Sacrificing himself for his son. And I love it. I, I just absolutely love it. It's a, it's a gut punch every time I read it. He left a note for him to read, which Bruce doesn't read until the end when he's by Dick and Barbara in which Alfred's Mm -hmm. letter even says, yeah, I know now you're with Dick and Barbara. And it's a, it's a great note that, who knows and what, you know, if Murphy had it written when he wrote that Alfred died or if it was something by the end, he's like, oh, shit, I got to write a really good one. But I think it, it totally works. It's true to the character of Alfred. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's very touching. For somebody that doesn't have a ton 
of moments in this story, it's still, it's like, it's our Alfred. And I think I actually just talked with uh, a couple episodes ago with Justin Kowalski. And I think we even touched upon Alfred and how they, it just kind of seems in Batman history in every medium, they, they just don't fail with Alfred. No, Alfred it's is, like, oh, he's always, he's always the, the warm blanket badass that is just comfort. He's just comfort. Yeah, it's like if you don't get, I think you or Justin, either one said this. If you don't get anything else right, you have to get Alfred right. Exactly. Everything else can be shit, but it's like, but you know what? Alfred was good. <laughs> Alfred was good, though. So it's not a total waste. Everybody it's, goth, it's Gotham in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what do we got to do about this Batman book? Get Alfred right. I don't care. <laughs> F all else. Bring in Arnold as Mr. Freeze. You just got to yeah. get Alfred right. Just. Michael Goff's got to come back, man, and then we can go all all Arnold. But uh, so that's a that's a pretty touching touching um, moment. Let's see, who do we want to jump to next? I know I'm just taking this up. Like, let's go to character by character. Um, well, one thing I'd like to point out is just how how well Murphy um, integrated almost every rogue in the rogues yes. gallery perfect with without you know just making it a mess and he 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 did it in such a smart way of you know okay they're all mind controlled which sounds simple but when you read it in the book it's it works very well it does and i mean we'll jump to the the big horror shot of what's left of clayface and it's a brain and eyeballs and a tongue and a tongue that's, yeah that's messed oh. up <laughs> but i mean it is it's a genius it's total comic book, but that's okay. Because mm-hmm. he, it's, it's like, we know this, like, this is like comic book. Let's have fun with this. And let's make sure that it does make sense. And in, in regards of this story in which it totally does in which Jack gets little pieces of Clayface and puts it in a drink and then calls all the villains around for a drink and they all drink it. And then he controls Clayface with Mad Hatter's uh, equipment. And then therefore well, Clay's inside of all, you know, Bane, Killer Croc, Baby Doll, uh, Penguin, and all. Everybody's favorite. That's right. And so then he is ultimately controlling them too. And it's like, man, that is a great idea. And I think this scene is fantastic because it is nod after nod to the animated series. Mm-hmm. Well, he even, in that scene, he ever, he references Almost Got Him. Yes. Oh, that's, that's, oh, that's great. And I... And even the two like panels after he says almost got him, we've got Baby Doll who says we didn't mean to. And then it's next to her is Killer Croc who says it was a big rock. Both Batman mm-hmm. the animated series. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I thought that there was another reference here too of um I'm not seeing it, but maybe maybe that was it. I thought that there was some more but I mean, just right there of, yeah, the almost got him. Those two lines of dialogue were two that stuck out to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's brilliant. Because almost got him is one of the best episodes of, of the animated series. Oh, for sure. Top probably three or five easily. Yes. So since we have all the villains here, what did you think of Murphy's designs of just his designs, both villains, heroes, um, the, I mean, we'll get to the Batmobiles. Let's, let's do characters first. Um, so yeah, uh, most of them have never looked creepier, mm-hmm. especially with the, with the glowing green eyes that they all have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love croc. 
I think Croc is one of my favorite villain designs that he has. Oh, okay. Because I tend to, I tend to like Croc when he's a little more reptilian. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he just, he looks really creepy. I, not so crazy about baby doll, but um, uh, yeah. Two-Face looks great. They, they all look, what do you think of the scarecrow with like the, the gas mask look? Yeah, that I think that one kind of, because I don't, full confession, I don't read this book every day. Right. So there's a little bit of time in between each read, and I always do a second glance on wait, sh- who he that's is. That's the Joker. Okay, yeah, that's the Joker. Or sorry, Joker. Scarecrow. That's the Scarecrow. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it is. It's it's kind. It's weird. Yeah, um, it's that one's that one's one of the few that's not immediately recognizable i would say yeah and i'm really curious why he went that route because the story i'd mentioned earlier of the batman scarecrow year one like that that design murphy's design of scarecrow there is definitely closer to it's recognizable oh yeah that's scarecrow Mm -hmm. without hesitation and here like i like i said not that i'm the ultimate guide to everything batman but it takes a second glance oh yeah <clears throat> but well, maybe he just wanted to set it apart from that story maybe and you know it it's not a i mean it's not a big deal but yeah it's just it's not my favorite of the of the joker or god why do i keep saying the joker of the scarecrow um yeah i think poison poison ivy is a little realistic look oh i'll comment on your killer croc i i like this design i prefer killer croc more when he's dealt as like a monster more so than a mobster yes because a mobster feels like well we've got a lot of mobsters this is also something i think i i talked about the earth this sounds familiar yeah yeah with garrett um so now oh shit i'm not coming up with anything original i'm just repeating everything <laughs> i said before no, no but, that's fine. Uh, but killer croc i i like him more as as a monster too because it, that at least can help set him apart a little bit so yeah this is i mean that design's cool yeah he feels more threatening to batman when he's a when he's a, a big hulking monster yeah um let's see who else two-face just looks like classic classic two-face Mm-hmm. Um, Bane is interesting in the mask that he has, and he just there. It just there's no. He's absent of venom. He's just a big dude. But it's almost like a um, like a combination of the Dark Knight Rises Bane and yeah. kind of the the Luchador mm-hmm. look. Yeah, and I'm I'm not the on the mask the look of the mask it's not like my favorite but also i like i do like the fact of bane i know it strips him of you know his origin but i i am kind of a fan of bane without the venom i think and i like that he's just this monstrous uh dude he has steroids Mm. on steroids um oh yeah we got roxy rocket in the back of course and yeah that was a pull (laughs) <laughs> it was it's funny it's she's got very little history but yet she's instantly recognizable i don't know yeah. if that's a good thing or not and i just like throughout the book that it's it seems like batgirl gets stuck with it yes. every time <laughs> <laughs> that's one line but it it has weight to it and it's like oh that's yeah. fun well done 
good job, Sean Murphy, which he, I mean, he, it's obvious here, but I, he had had slash has a podcast that went through the animated series and like interviews and stuff. And that in 89, like he just said, like he grew up with those. He just, he loves those versions of, of Batman. I think that that just, uh, you can tell. Yeah, you can definitely tell. Uh, I mean, Clayface looks like Clayface, which that's good. Like that's animated series Clayface, which I think that might be my favorite looking Clayface. I don't know. Here or the animated series? The animated series one. And this one oh, yeah. I feel like is a direct lift of that. So it's kind of the same. It's it's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, and then That panel when, when uh, Neo Joker finds uh clayface in in that like closet that's creepy yeah oh boy yeah and yeah then let's see the so okay well penguin looks like penguin and i think that's kind of most of them here at the almost got him meeting but the Mm -hmm. ventriloquist and scarface i'm not familiar if this version is pulled from anything or if this is a total creation of Sean Murphy. Cause that's not Arnold Wesker. No. Um, let me see. And it's not. Um, yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure on that one, to be honest, take, take my fan card. Cause I, to me, well, to me, it's, they included Scarface and Ventriloquist, but they they don't really. It's a numbers only sort of thing, which I guess that's what they need because Bane's kind of. I mean, Bane, Baby Doll, Roxy Rocket, like Scarecrow. I guess most of them are just used for numbers for the for the attacks later on in the book. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, it could be. It could just be. Um... Murphy's version of Wesker. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's that's fine. Scarface, no matter any iteration, is not necessarily my favorite. Right. But it's kind of the most like, eh, whatever. Yeah. That's fine. So then, okay, so we've talked about Neo-Joker. I, I love the, the look of Neo-Joker. I think she looks pretty cool. Yeah, she, for uh, for an original character, it's it's a unique look. I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the inverted lines on her face. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's different. She's, oh, she's kind of badass. She is badass. She just badass. well until the end. <laughs> yeah. Until the end. <laughs> <laughs> so then, in switching uh, a smaller cast for sure. But uh, what do you think of Batgirl and Nightwing? their versions uh they're i mean they're pretty consistent mm-hmm. uh, especially with with the animated series yeah um uh, you can tell there's uh, i think he really pushed the strain between bruce and dick in this story mm-hmm. uh, a little probably a little more than the animated series and, and and then you know you see the cracks start to form between between him and um him and Babs too, but with Barbara, it's, it's like she wants so, so badly to defend him, but she's getting to the point where she can't. So I, I, I don't know the the dynamic between the bat family is very interesting in this book. It's also interesting that he swapped um, the, the Robin story mm-hmm. where, you know, 
in in the Murphy verse, Jason Todd was the first Robin. Mm-hmm. What what did you think of that? I'm curious. That didn't bother. I don't know that I even like as as weird as this sounds. I don't know that I really noticed. It didn't click with me right away. Let's go with that. It just didn't click with me right away on who was first. And I'm trying to go back now to, uh, or I'm trying to find that that moment in the the graveyard where Dick and Barbara are talking about it. And that's where Dick says that of, I know I'm going to have like the best thing. Yeah. So she says, Jason Todd, who's that? Jason was Robin before I was supposedly killed. But for some reason that Jason was Robin before I was, I almost glazed over that because I was on the next day. So yeah. Supposedly killed by the Joker, but they never found the body. Yeah. Because Jason Todd was killed by the Joker. And I think my brain just automatically went to Jason. Todd. The normal timeline. Yeah. So yeah. I always, that's almost another thing that when I stop and I think about it, I'm like, wait, 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 Jason was first. Hello. It's right there. He even, mm-hmm. he literally says Jason was before I was, yeah. uh, but I mean, so that just goes to show when you think about it, you understand how the how important that that is. That whole piece of Jason is to Bruce. We already know how important that is uh, to Jason or in Batman lore with the effect and the effects are Bruce's relationship with Tim. Mm-hmm. So that's and Dick Dick was already formed. Dick had already left as Robin. He was his own man. So I I like expo- I like exploring that relationship in the comics, but I like here that oh his relationship with Dick now is the one that's kind of strained and there's a lot more to it because of what preceded that. So I, I think it's a cool other you know it's almost almost like an Elseworlds relationship and I I, I like that. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, and. I, I like the perspective because I think the way Murphy probably looked at it is if you're wiping this slate clean and you're making your own Batman world, it kind of makes sense to have Jason go first if you're just going to restart, yeah. you know, because then you have Bruce's, you know, greatest mistake be with the first Robin when he would, when he was still trying to figure things out himself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, working with a, with a sidekick is something new to him. It, you know, that, that tracks. And then everything he does going forward is trying not to repeat that. And it's, so, yeah, it's I fun. like the switch. Yeah. And it, it's something also say that really bothers you. It's like, but it's only in this small self-contained little world. And it's, a. Uh, it, it, it's not on every single panel on every single page. It's like mm-hmm. in your face, beating you down over it. So it can be, if you don't really like it, you can kind of just ignore it and it's okay. But yeah. if you want to focus on it, then you can really start to unravel like the connections that it makes between Bruce's relationship with Dick, Bruce's relationship with Barbara, like all of that stuff. And you realize it's a pretty deep, um, it, it runs deep. The connections run deep throughout these, these pages. Yeah. I'll tell you the one thing I don't like about it. Tell um, me. I don't think it leaves much room for, for Tim Drake or Damian Wayne. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You're a Damian fan, right? 
I am a Damien fan, Oof. but <laughs> I'm a Tim fan too. Okay, there we go. Uh, Let's focus on Tim. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't, because I mean, in this world, you know, this Batman, he, they say it multiple times in the story. He's been doing this for decades. Yeah. So he's an older Batman and you've already got, you've, you've had a Jason, you've got a fully grown Dick who's now Nightwing. Um, and you got a Batman who's pretty much at the end of his rope. So I, I don't know that in this world, you're going to get a Tim. The, I know that they're, when they announced spinoffs, I thought Murphy said that they're, I mean, he said a Harley Quinn and obviously we got the Harley Quinn. I thought he said a Nightwing and maybe mm-hmm. a Batgirl also. And then he had said in an interview with Sci-Fi last year, it was actually in May of last year where he said, we'll probably hear about the announcement a year from now. So in a couple months, hopefully we hear about his third book in which it's basically going to be like a Batman beyond. And we know Tim Drake's inclusion in the Batman beyond world. So I know mm-hmm. that that is possible that we get Tim Drake somehow. Uh, it's in, I feel like, Murphy will include him somehow. But as far as like a Robin anything, I don't think that's happening at all for reasons that you just stated. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's a tangent. It really, it really doesn't matter. You can, cause this, like you said, this is a self-contained world, but mm-hmm. well, I like you, this Batman a lot. <laughs> perfect. Perfect segue. What do you, um, let's go with the, the design of this Batman. What do you think? Uh, so this was, this was the big part that had to grow on me mm-hmm. um, when, when I was talking about the art style having to grow on me. Cause you know, the, some of the first things you look at, you look at bat, at the bat suit and you look at the Batmobile mm-hmm. and both of those I grew to love over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really crazy about the chaps at first, okay. but I, I ended up really liking it. I have a statue of it now. So <laughs> the black yeah. and white statue, right? Uh, I got the color version from oh, the Hot color Topic. Version. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had but, a chance to get the black and white one. And they had uh, it. Uh, oh, man. Think Geek. I had seen mm. it. And it was, they said, hey, on sale. And it was $40. I thought about it and thought about it. And then I left. And then I ended up looking stuff up online. I'm like, oh, for a black and white statue, that's actually pretty damn good. And then the next yeah. time I went back, it was gone. I'm like, God, see, I'm just not supposed to not supposed to buy these. That could have started a whole new problem. But <laughs> absolutely, I cons- that's why I got the I considered it. That's why I got the color one because I because you know, it's it's separate from the black and whites. So I don't have to add to it. Um, well, I, but yeah, I, I did get the McFarlane figure. Oh, really? Yeah, because those are that's a rabbit hole I don't want to go down. It's I've been selective in those as well in keeping it only Batman. Uh, but I got this white knight one and then I've gotten, I think two other kinds and they've got to be suits that like I love. And so Mm. it is certain that I think speaks to what I think of this costume because it, I think that it is cool. I don't love it, but that doesn't mean that I don't really, really like it. It's not my favorite bat suit, but it's definitely like, if you're going to letter grade it, it's in the B plus a minus range. Yeah, that that's where I'm at too. I it, I'm not. It's not my absolute favorite, but I mean, I like to look at it. Mm-hmm. It's a nice design. I, I really like it. It's 
I'll t- I, so Ben Affleck is my absolute, you know, favorite on-screen Batman. Really, really like Ben Affleck. I like that gruff, huge Batman. And this kind of reminds me a little bit of that because he's huge in the book. He towers over everybody. Well, when you say Affleck does, or live or on screen, does that mean comic books? Like that's your favorite bat suit period covering everything? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love that bat suit. Aesthetically, that's my favorite. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I totally, he does tower over everybody. And I think, well, like you said, hey, there's, you know, it's new Batman. Let me see the bat suit. Let me see the Batmobile. So we're going to, mm-hmm. we, that right there confirms that like we judge on the bat suit. We need to see this bat suit, what it looks like and everything. And he is, uh, it does take a little warming up to, but then, but then you do once you're used to it, I think you just, it, it, he nails it. And I think Murphy draws the shit out of him in action because he's, Due to like his suit, he seems like he's very, he's very uh, mobile. Uh, mm-hmm. When he jumps and he's got the cape out and stuff, he just like, this could be a scary, a scary Batman. Oh, for sure. Nightmares. Give you nightmares. <laughs> and he's kind of got, he's got short ears. Are you a short ear or a long ear guy? Um, because of Jim Lee, I'm usually more of a short ear. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I, like it, I, I can't say one or the other. It, it totally just depends on the design and, and the story and the, like the atmosphere and stuff, because I think Tim sale does very exaggerated ears, but due to the world of Tim sale and the long Halloween, Works. I love it. I love it. And I think mm-hmm. it looks great. But then you look at some other stories that he's in where he has long ears. I'm like, yeah, that's like, it almost just seems off. That's, that's exaggerated. Why don't you tone it down a little bit? So I go back and forth. I think aesthetically for this story, the short ears look really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a little it's a little nitpicky, um, but I like how his collar. He's got like a popped collar. He's a yeah. he's a rich boy, rich boy Batman right here. Let's pop him collar. <laughs> he was popping the collar before That's Pattinson right. even knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, so the Batmobile as well. Uh, yes. that Bat that Batmobile's really grown on me. Um, and I know he he com- um he says he combined like the the eighty nine and the tumbler. Yes, I Which, didn't get that at first, but now well, I do. that's what I always thought the the Affleck Batmobile kind of was. Okay, was a mashup of those two. So yeah, that that works for me too. Um, I. I that, that Batmobile's really catching on. I've noticed they've started making toys of it and stuff. Yeah, and I wish that I didn't buy it, but they, they almost like made, I almost want to say like a cheaper version of it. And by that, I mean a little bit more plasticky than, like I have the Tumblr, like the Tumblr that they released when they, uh, the summer of 2005 with Batman Begins mm-hmm. Toys. I bought that and to pick that up and feel like, yeah, this wasn't a cheap toy as, as in like material. And then I picked up this, the one that resembles this one very closely. And it does feel like, ah, this one's kind of cheaper. <laughs> ah. I'm not any kind of toy expert or anything, but I don't know. I could, I'm a damn nerd. Okay. If that was like heavy duty looked and felt cool. Like, you know, I'm going to buy this. Cause I'm going to put it on the shelf next to the tumbler Cause it's cool. But it felt kind of cheap to me to where I didn't, but Anyway, small tangent. I think when I looked closer 
at the Batmobile here to try and understand, okay, how did, where exactly is the combination of 89 and the Tumblr? And definitely on that shot of the one year ago Joker chase, like right in the front, the front headlights are total 89 Batmobile headlights. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well that definitely makes me think. And then I think almost like the, I mean, it's not, but it makes me think like the, the short ears on the Batmobile made me think of 89. But then I could hear as this is going through, as we go through the pages with this, like I could hear the tumblers motor running, you know, in my head as this is, is driving on rooftops. Uh, well, Ryan, that screen tumbler to me. <laughs> well, Ryan, if you had the, uh, the deluxe edition, Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you would know from the back he he uh, he actually Murphy does a little breakdown of the Batmobile. I guess it was in in his original sketches. Well, here's the thing that I think I left out at the very beginning. Uh, this is my weekly name drop of the Hoopla app. Oh yeah! Uh, everybody, sign up for Hoopla, please. Oh, um, so you've looked at this in the Hoopla app? <laughs> yes, that's and that's where I checked it out on Hoopla because I couldn't go back to I couldn't make it to storage to get my my trade. Um, but it's funny to me that in Hoopla you look up White Knight; it's got the trade paperback version, but you can also check out the deluxe version, which oh. doesn't really matter. Because I have the same size iPad for the for either one. So it's like the pages look the same. However, the deluxe edition does have some of the extras, which I wish that it had a lot more extras. And I think that's why, because as soon as the deluxe edition came out, I did check it out on Hoopla to look mm-hmm. at, hey, how many extras? Is this worth me triple dipping now? And mm-hmm. I, I though he's got a lot of designs and stuff, I, he almost set the bar on extras with his punk rock Jesus book of the amount of stuff and the, the depths he went into of creating that story. It's like, that's what I want to see for white Knight is like long written explanations, like scripts, stuff like that. But I see now what you're talking about in uh, some of his, his designs, you know, working on the Batmobile. And then, I mean, as he even calls it the Murphy Batmobile. World War II plane meets 1960s supercar because he's a massive, Sean Murphy is a massive gearhead. Mm-hmm. Big car guy. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know shit about cars. I know you have to change <laughs> its oil and you have to put the accent. <laughs> um, well, I'm also, I'm also a car guy. So the, this, yeah, this speaks to me. Awesome. So you uh, love it. But I do. I love it, which I'm, I'm a big proponent of the Pattinson Batmobile. And I know a lot of people are, trash in that car but i love it because it's a car mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i really love it well, but anyway another I, tangent yeah when i mean when that one got fired up in the in the little trailer it was the little trailer what the hell am i talking about the in the trailer like it purred and it was like man that sounds good i'm not a car yeah. guy god damn that sounds good yeah absolutely but yeah i yeah i love the the attention he, he showed here like keeping the keaton stance to the car because if you look at it in profile it does have that that profile of the keaton batmobile yeah it does uh so it's a it's a success success Mm -hmm. in your eyes yes so i mean i guess we were making our way towards the finish line that i mean how do you think what do you think of another nod of all the batman the Batman movies and the two most obvious nods to Batman and Robin 
bless your soul, Sean Murphy. But the main big action third act scene is picking up a, a plot point from, or an action scene from uh, Batman and Robin of freezing Gotham City. Uh, what do you think of, of that being the ultimate plan of Neo Joker? Well, so freezing Gotham City was never the issue mm-hmm. with Batman and Robin. That's not what makes that movie bad. <laughs> you can no. you it's you can use that and Sean Murphy shows it here. You can use that plot thread and make it work and make it make sense and, and make it part of a good story, yeah. which he did. Mm-hmm. Um I like it. Um I like that Neo Joker had this plan and and uh, brought it to fruition and then at the end when the plan culminated she didn't know what to do with it yeah you know she was in over her head she wasn't she's not that level of supervillain. <laughs> so and I, and I love that uh that it's actually freeze who reverses what's been done yeah which so- I I think Murphy did freeze very very well in this story and in the next one Totally agree with you because he is not one of my favorite villains, but again, that does not mean that I don't like him. I think right. he is the strongest in when we get Heart of Ice, Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. That that story just plays the best for the for his motivations. Uh, once you can only also do so many stories where he's trying to save his wife without it just being like repeat. Yeah. We've seen this. We've seen this. So then it starts to turn into, Oh yeah. He's just freezing because he doesn't want to have to wear a helmet. So he's trying to make it winter in Gotham. And it's like, okay, now we're getting a little 1960s, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So it doesn't fully, just because it's Mr. Freeze doesn't mean like, oh my God, I got to be there and get it as soon as it's available. It's like, okay, let's see what they do here. And Murphy's approach and usage of Freeze is unique. It is totally connecting to the character that we know and his motivations. And the big, the big finale action scene is freezing Gotham, but it's not him. So it's also a little bit of a twist on uh, Mr. Freeze as well. And I, I'm like, yeah, that, that is cool. And it's kind of like an on the surface, it's covered in ice. It's just like, it's just a, a table setting, you know, for the big fight at the end, which is, mm-hmm. is cool. And like, I'm, I don't want to say, it's almost like it's kind of simple in a way and i'm fine with that i don't know if does that make sense well i mean it's 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 beautiful really in its in its simplicity yeah it's it's not like we need to thaw out gotham yay everybody hug it's like no we need to thaw out gotham plus stop all of the villains that are being controlled by neo joker plus we need to stop neo joker Plus, we need to use Joker to take down Neo Joker. Plus, we need to make sure that we get the Joker so we can take him to Arkham. It's like, it's one piece of a puzzle. It's not the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
and you know it didn't have to turn into oh we need to we need to turn these satellites so that the you know <laughs> the the sun rays hit yeah yeah all that kind of stuff i would have um, appreciated if somehow murphy drew in two scientists hanging from the big, the big <laughs> <cannon>. <laughs> just one of those days <laughs> that movie's fresh on the mind because oh, i i just watched the burton schumacher movies while i was assembling my lego batwing uh I never make it past forever. <laughs> you don't. I can make it through Batman and Robin. It's honestly, <laughs> honestly, the first hour and a half are not the worst. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. There are moments in that where I'm like, you know what? This could have been okay without that part. This and yeah. so it's watchable as background. It's the last half hour that's usually like, yeah, for me, this. So yeah, a fourth of the movie. <laughs> this hey. is where it gets really tough for me to continue. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta say though, I give Murphy credit for having the balls to to reference that movie and to kind of make it cool. Yeah, he does, and it's like you know what, mad respect that you are throwing these nods to what many perceive as the worst comic book movie ever. Even though I don't think it's the worst comic book movie ever, but anyways, it's in the conversation, right? It, I mean, yes, it's definitely. <laughs> if somebody says that's the the worst, I'm not gonna be like, how dare you? This is a masterpiece. <laughs> You, you know what? You just didn't get it. You just didn't understand what they were going for, okay? No, we got it. I think we all got it five minutes in. Yeah. But, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, I'll go ahead. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> You're so silly, Eric. But I, I do... I like how everything plays out here of, you know, it's almost like it's Jack Napier's final moments um, as the pills are having their, like they're running out that his body is starting to reject them. They're, the, the Joker is going to come out for good and Jack knows it. And so we get a lot of like, I think Murphy writes some, some good moments of uh, Jack and, and Harley in the Batmobile. Yeah. Jack Napier's driving the Batmobile. How cool is that? Um, like I, I think it's uh, kind of a touching, it's touching moment, and then Batman jumps in the water to to save him, and it's like, I don't know, like, see, Batman, you got a crush on the Joker too. Yeah, it's it's it kind of reminded me of uh, a little bit of their of their storyline in this book. Kind of reminded me of their relationship in the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, the best story like is when you capitalize on their love for each other. Yeah, you won't admit it, Batman, but you love me. Yeah, you won't admit it. I like to, I like to fight around. Um, I love the um, I love the Jekyll and Hyde with with yeah. Jack throughout this book, uh, especially like when the pills start to to lose their effectiveness, mm-hmm. and you see just you, bits of the Joker popping out here and there. The purple um, eye and the green eye and then the purple mm-hmm. eye and the bat symbol in it. I mean, those are fun little touches. That's like, yeah, that's that's Sean Murphy having fun. Good for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's displayed, and, and, displayed well when they get married in the jail cell, which is officiated by Sean Murphy in a little camera. That's, that's exactly what I was about to bring up, the the wedding at the end. That's that's kind of a... Um, not on the same level of the of the Alfred scene, but that's that's heartbreaking in itself. Yeah, and because I, they're they're that close to happiness. Yep, and then you turn the page, and that's where like that's a great that you can almost visualize this 
playing out on screen of like you turn the page and then there's your Dr. Jekyll moment of like, I do like, and then a laugh, like mm-hmm. perfectly illustrated. That's great. And I love like he's doing his laugh and it cuts to Neo Joker, you know, and then you get a look outside because there's always lightning at Arkham Asylum somehow. And you, mm-hmm. like the, the echoes of, of the Joker there too. And so, yeah, I think all of that's, all of that's done really well. And I can't believe Okay, let's continue to wrap this and then we'll go to this. And the the final like reveal is that like this was kind of a plan of Harley's all along in which Batman calls her the White Knight. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really nice touch that um Harley through trying to save Joker did because I mean we didn't even talk about all the all the you know yeah. the the little the little weaving of the story with, you know, the, the Batman devastation fund and all that, that, you mm-hmm. know, there's the, the Gotham government has uh, this $3 billion a year devastation fund that all they do is fix what Batman's destroyed. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, we can, I mean, we'll comment on that really quick because yeah, that's a major part because mm-hmm. I think white Knight, it's, I could, I'd read each, you can fly through this book because the pacing is so good. And Murphy mm-hmm. had said that he was not necessarily a, a big fan of like internal monologue. So we don't have the boxes with text to slow this book down. You've got, uh, you know, discussions between characters and it's like, bam, 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 action, dialogue, action, dialogue, dialogue. Like the book just moves. And so for it to be a, a di- basically like a dialogue book only uh there's like this there's so much so many layers to this too like what we said earlier like everything informs the story and it expands the story so yeah of course at, important pieces of this story is you know the batman devastation fund how that ends up being create or creates the the gto the gotham terror oppression unit and then it ends up being revealed of of like oh this is taxpayers are paying like because that's that's valid which you know man of steel the movie kind of touched on a little bit of in bvs did of you know like the consequences of this destruction that's happening of yeah you mm-hmm. stopped the big guy but look at you demolish what you've done yeah. yeah look what you've done to stop this into where a hero can start to get fingers pointed as like you're actually a villain here I think that's a strong a strong point to make in the book. So this all connects and has consequences. And then it's also touching at the end in a discussion between uh, Joker and Batman in the Batmobile as they're, you know, racing toward the end and how Joker says that he knows, he knows that it's Bruce Wayne, that he's Bruce Wayne. And he'd said, of, you know, I did basically did his homework and he thought taxpayers uh, were foot in the bill for the devastation fund but actually he did his homework and looked even more and saw like no actually all of the payments are coming from businesses owned by bruce wayne so in the end Mm. classic bruce wayne he's funding this the 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 batman devastation fund so he's paying for the damage that he's that he's making which ultimately Mm -hmm. means he's paying for the gto which is also you know still around in the the curse of the white knight and the harley quinn spinoff book and so that's like that's heroic in you know the bruce wayne way that we know well yeah and but at the same time um 
it's Harley at the end. Yeah. That, that shows Bruce, you know, even though you're paying for all this to be fixed, you know, you're still stepping across the line. Yeah. You know? So I love that Harley is, is the, is kind of the tie to, to make everyone see the error of their ways. Mm -hmm. It, It really gives a lot of strength to Harley's character in this world. Yeah. And so that's why I was really happy to see, how much she was included in curse of the white knight. And then that she's the first one that got a spinoff series, because I think the spinoff is the story is by Murphy and his wife. And then she wrote the script. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like Murphy has such a good handle on what he wants from this character in this world. And it's like knocked it out of the park. She's a, like, this is a great version of Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, absolutely. One of my favorites. What did you think on your first reading when the book ended and you saw that Batman removed the cowl in front of Gordon? Um, so it, it's always like a, it's always like a question of does Gordon know who Batman is and just, you know, knows that it's more important than, you know, what they're doing is more important or is it, is it a moment where Bruce reveals himself? So there, it, it's always kind of expected it's going to happen one way or the other. He knows who Batman is um, or he's going to find out. So that's, that's not anything that ever bothers me. I actually really like the way they did it here. I like that it's, it's Batman seeing the error of his ways and that he needs to help um, the GCPD. Yeah. I, I love that he, you know, he gives, he says, you know, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you the technology and then, he trusts Gordon enough to say, you need to know who I am basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you you know that the sequel book was coming by the time that you read the end of this completed this story? I did not. You didn't No. Um, By the time the sequel was announced and it was coming, I had moved into the city where I worked at the time. and, And then I had a comic shop. So I, I did pick up that complete series in singles. Cause I knew um, the, he, the, the sequel had been announced and, or I think that Murphy had mentioned that he's got a sequel in mind or something. I don't know. And so then seeing that I'm like, okay, this is just temporary because we're getting the follow-up not too, not too far from now. We're going to get the follow-up. So we're going to see how this plays out. If I had no idea and I saw like, I'm Bruce, t- Gordon knows it's Bruce. What's next? Ah! So I think I was able to contain my um, excitement. Yeah, see, I, I had no idea, and it, it didn't bother me at all. I didn't care. Just, I just thought, you know, that, that was a good place to – Yeah. If that was the end, I would have been happy with that. Yeah. I mean, it's still – I mean, that leaves a little, a little bit of you can – the story can continue in your head. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Eric, in your head, Batman or Bruce and Gordon just started punching the shit out of each other. In <laughs> no. mine, they bro hugs and uh, Gordon put on the bat suit and said, I want to try this on. Like, you know what? <laughs> Neither of us would have been wrong because it's whatever. No, see, in my head, they meet at, uh, uh, at New Year's to have coffee. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Well done. So though that's the end of the story, I didn't touch on 
the fact that the GTO is also called Batman rents out his Batmobiles. Oh, like yeah. man, that first page when they do the '89 Batmobile. Oh, that, oh my god! That, I don't know why they just didn't let that be a two-page spread. It it almost is. It's so, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's fan service, and I don't even care. No, I mean, Scott Beatty on this, when I interviewed him, he'd said, we're fans. I don't understand why fan service is like a bad thing. We're fans. It's what we want to see. And it's like, I don't know anybody who didn't like the inclusion of the 89 Batmobile in this book. So, Or the Tumblr. Yeah, I mean... Or the 60s series, or the, the animated series. Like, those are just fun little nerdy nuggets for us to just make us want to, like, high kick and knock, mm-hmm. like, punch out a door. And we're like, ah! And yeah, that, that, that first page of that 89 Batmobile flying through, like, man, that's so cool. It is. It's very cool. It's super duper. All <laughs> right. So we've kind of uh, hit on. A, I think of the, the things that we want to talk about and we could definitely, I think this conversation could go on very long if we wanted it to, but let's focus on a few questions now. Mr. Carter, okay. what is your favorite part of Batman white Knight? My favorite part is I, I just got to go full nerd. It's what we just talked about. <laughs> it's all the Batmobiles in this book. <laughs> yeah. I, especially towards the end where they're using him in, in the actual, the, the end mission. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that the, that the Tumblr does what the Tumblr does. Yeah. I, I just, I, I love that they include that Murphy included all this history with all these Batmobiles. That's, that's my favorite part of the book. And that's, I know that's, that's shallow and completely nerdy, but it is what it is. No, that's cool. I mean, it, you're not wrong. I mean, it's a, it's a fan favorite. It's, it's awesome. It's great. Um, I think my favorite part, surprisingly, so I made sure to keep that in mind as I read it this time around, is the conversation between Napier and Batman in the Batmobile, I think in issue number Mm. seven. And uh, Napier remembers and tells Bruce about, you know, what happened to Jason Todd. I think it's, it's, ultimately, it's effective. The Joker wins that battle uh, with Jason because Batman kind of wonders of like, why wouldn't, is Jason alive? And he's just like, well, he just kind of basically like that would hurt you the most is to find out that he lived and didn't tell you about it. Mm. Like, like all of that is just like, Oh man, that's, and I know that's messed up that that's like my favorite part, but it's like, I feel like that's a really, there's a lot of, there's a really good exchange between the two characters in that moment. No. Yeah. It's a, it's an amazing moment. You, you went completely opposite of me. I, I, <laughs> yeah. You you went for the heavy deep stuff and I'm like, but the cars. <laughs> Chicks dig the car. Exactly. <laughs> so to go a little bit more um specific now, what's your favorite panel of this book? Okay, so I'm gonna flip the script on this one. All right. So my favorite panel is from issue six. It's uh from where Freeze is telling Batgirl what happened with Alfred. My favorite panel is that panel where you see uh, freezes uh, on the left and, and Alfred is kissing Bruce's head. 
it's you you know what's going on there and it just it's heartbreaking it's heartwarming at the same time yeah and yeah it's it's not an action-packed panel or anything like that but there's so much meaning in that panel I, i love it very yeah that's that's total opposite um, approach from your, but yeah, well, I went completely well different with part and panel. We're done because then we're all over the place because mine comes from issue number one, the Joker in the Cell with all of the '89 and animated series goodies all over the place. That's also a good one. I can just stop and dissect and look at each and everything, and it's uh, that's such a fun. It's a lifelong Batman fan. That is just such a fun, a fun page. Um, <laughs> so similar to the favorite parts, you went to like a fun part. I went emotional. And then for here, you went emotional and I went to fun. See, we got well, it all covered. We balanced. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> Would you like to see White Knight animated, like ad- adapted into animation somehow? Yes, I would. Uh, what would be your, what would be your pitch? Like what? It's TV series, a movie? Um, I think a movie, mm-hmm. uh, DC animated film, but I'll tell you, I would like it because I think it fits. Um, this is going to be the weirdest reference you've probably ever had <laughs> on the Batman book club. All right. Um, I think an animation style sort of similar to 101 Dalmatians would be perfect. Whoa. Because right. Do tell. that's like, that's like my favorite Disney movie of all time. Uh, shout out to Andy D. Geneva. Uh, Dude, I, I love 101 Dalmatians. So you're preaching to the choir, my friend. Well, and if you look at the art that Murphy uses or that he employs, it you can see a lot of the sketch lines and stuff in, in his art. Like a lot of the faces, a lot of the backgrounds, you can see a little bit of sketchiness. And that's what the entire animation style of 101 Dalmatians is. Yeah. And if they did this movie or if they did this story as a movie, I wouldn't want it to look, you know, all clean and polished. I would want it to look a little sketchy and a little messy, kind of like Murphy Murphy's artwork. Dude. So nice pull. Yeah. I mean, I want to see that. Uh, I, you know, every time I think about them doing a movie and homaging the art style of the artist, I think how well they did it in um, The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Because they did homage Frank Miller very well, but I would want to see them take the next step with something like this and actually have that scratchy style. Well done. Yeah, I don't have specifics like that. I, just, I think that especially since the DC animated movies are now – getting closer to it like an hour and 20 minutes mm-hmm. i think i do think that they could do white knight in an hour and 20 minutes and not have to cut anything yeah no so i agree i i would i would love i would love to see to see that and there's some stories that i'm definitely like i i'd like to see uh, influenced by like the animated movie is influenced by this story, but it's, you know, it's not exactly from page to screen, but there's some stories that it's like, how stick to the source. Look at the dark Knight returns. Like you just said, like that's about as close to 
I think the year one adaptations the closest to mm-hmm. sticking to source material, but Dark Knight Returns really is. And I think the Dark Knight Returns animated movie is better than the book, but uh, they really adapted that one really, really well. And so it can be done. And I think White Knight, you get Sean Murphy in there, you know, keep him involved somehow. And this could be like, it could be one of the best animated Batman movies ever. I think. Yeah. Nothing has, has yet knocked off under the red hood for me, but yeah, this one, if they did it well, it, it, it could contend. Mask of the Phantasm is still my favorite animated, but under the red hood is very, very close. Uh, number two. So we're in the same ballpark. There you go. Both good films. That's right. So uh, as we wrap up here, Eric, what are your final thoughts on on White Knight? Um, White Knight, I think it's, it it may be kind of hyperbolic because I know it happens a lot, but um, it's, it's, it's close to that instant, instant classic status. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a book that I think rocked the industry when it came out. Um, and yeah, I love it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't talk about, I, I do have a few nitpicks of it um, here and there. I think there's some, I think there's some inconsistent inconsistencies with like the, the whole Joker makeup thing, because Harley makes a lot of references to, Oh, you, you still know how to put the makeup on and things like that, but he clearly doesn't need makeup. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's that one that one small part um, where Bruce is in his bathrobe. Yes. Yep. And I was just going to say that too. And he's bare chested. And in the next page, he's like pulling the robe apart and he's got the bat suit under it. It's like, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> but, but those are just very tiny nitpicks uh, yeah. in a book that is, uh, I, I'm not ashamed to say classic. It's, it, quickly became one of my favorite Batman stories and I love it. Yeah. I'm with you all the way. Of course we could, you, if you're looking for it, you can find a flaw in maybe like everything that you read or watch or something. Um, but I mean, uh, the bottom line is just that like this, this book was a masterpiece in the making. I don't know. Like it was an instant hit and then every issue that followed just strengthened the previous issue. It built upon itself. It told a great story that's really layered. And yeah, like kind of like I mentioned, it, it's a rarity and it's so much fun when that actually happens. Um, like I, I re- most recent to me was three jokers of when a story is coming out that you're just kind of, that there's a, it's getting a lot of attention as it's coming out and a lot of people are on the same wavelength of like, wow, this is, this is really good. And we got eight months of that with white Knight. from the mm-hmm. get go. It was a hot seller and people loved it. And I don't know that I can say anything that we haven't already said other than I just like, I love the book. Uh, I think it's, it's fantastic. And Murphy is built on it with curse of the white Knight, which should be the next episode of the Batman Book Club. And then even the, the expanding out into the, the spinoff series with Harley Quinn. That's been a, an, a fun book to read too. So he's building, he's built this whole universe that started here and it's all totally respectful of the, 
the Batman mythos and the characters and I think I just can't say enough good things about it. I think this is a an awesome book. And I don't know anybody listening to this that hasn't read it. We just spoiled the hell out of it. But I mean if if you haven't read it yet, go buy it and read it. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, if, if you haven't read it, I mean, don't go off of this. There's, there's plenty in there that we didn't even get a chance to cover. Yeah, so. we, didn't, we didn't mention Backport, the inclusion of Backport, which plays a huge part. We didn't even mm-hmm. really go into Montoya and Bullock and uh, the Mad Hatter and Mad Hatter and Neo Joker ending up in Wayne Manor. And like all, there's a lot of other threads that we didn't, that we didn't touch upon. So, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name. The, uh, in Backport, the leader in Backport. Uh, Duke Thomas. Thank you, Duke. I almost said, I was like, it's not Dean. Why am I saying Dean? Uh, Duke Thomas. Yeah, we didn't even <laughs> touch on Duke Thomas. And I like Murphy's version of Duke Thomas a lot mm-hmm. um, in, this, in this world too. So yeah, there's a lot more that we didn't touch upon. Um, so yeah, go back and read that story. So Eric, thank you for coming back to the show. This Absolutely, is, man. This has gone on longer than I promised you, so I apologize. But uh, it's it's. Oh really no, fun. that's that's my fault. I ramble sometimes. Oh, I ramble. It's Batman. I I always say like I'm going to try and keep it around this, and I, I fail every time. I fail every time. <laughs> so what? Uh, you got anything to plug? Where can people follow you and your, um, your tormenting of others with your absolute additions and such? <laughs> well, if you would like to follow me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Vero, which I think I hear is Zack Snyder's favorite. Uh, <laughs> at me Carter eighty nine. That's M E Carter eighty nine, and uh, you can find me just floating around like the real fans groups on Facebook. Excellent. Yes, you're quite active in uh, the real fans groups, including the comic, the comic book part which I is getting a lot, like a lot more people are starting to share stuff in there. And that's, that's fun. It's fun to to talk about stuff that I've read as well as come across things that I haven't yet. Also, that's, it's just like, Oh, I've not, I haven't heard of that or I've heard of that, but I don't, I've been meaning to get to it, whatever. Um, that's a fun group to, to see what people are. It is. Yeah, there you go. I'm just, ram- I'm, just rambling. I'm just rambling now. <laughs> Follow Eric on the Twitter. Speaking <laughs> of twitter you can follow the batman book club on twitter and instagram at the batman bc you can follow me on twitter at lauer underscore ryan lauer spelled like lower if you want to read some words that i've typed out you can go to batmanonfilm.com where i post uh, a random mix of posts uh, mostly comic book reviews but also uh, i'm on some of those podcasts recently we got to interview artist extraordinaire lee bermejo and also i have interviewed him in person one-on-one before that interview is also on batman on film there's just a bunch of uh fun things there if you are ever interested but you can also write into the batman book club at the batman bc at gmail.com for questions or comments and lastly if you would ever be so kind please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, the link to rate and review the show is located in the description of this episode. The more reviews we get, the more it spreads the word. And as we all know, that word is panic. So for Mr. Eric Carter, I am Ryan Lauer. Until next time, read more Batman comics.